Okay, so today's daf is Yud Zayin in Psachim. We actually are on Yud Zayin today. Uh, Amud Aleph, the third line, second to last word, Gufa. Rav Amar Ishtabishkane, Ushmuel Amar Lo Ishtabishkane. So basically, what this is discussing is an incident in uh, Chagai, in the uh, Sefer Chagai, one of the Treyasar, one of the 12 uh, quote-unquote minor Nevi'im. They're not really minor, it's just that they uh, have small books. So they consolidated them all into one book. But Chagai lived during the time of the second Beit HaMikdash, beginning of the time of the second Beit HaMikdash. Chagai and Malachi and Zechariah all lived around the time of the beginning of the uh, second Beit HaMikdash. And so uh, in this incident, which you have to look in the context to understand fully what's going on and what the symbolic significance is of this interaction between him and the, and the Kohanim, but that's not relevant to the Gemara. The Gemara is going to look at it from the standpoint of Halakha. Not interested in the, uh, in the, in the metaphor or the lesson that he's drawing from it, but the question is whether the Kohanim had the right answer or not when he asked them a question, because he talked about a person who had something tamay in his Bechnaf uh, Bigdo, and it uses the term Bisar Kodesh, but it doesn't actually mean a holy thing, it actually means the opposite of that, it means something tamay, some kind of flesh of a tamay uh, source, Avatum'ah, and that touched bread, and then it touched stew, and it touched wine, and it touched oil, uh, or any uh, other item, uh, will they become Tamei as well? And the Kohanim answered that no, that it wouldn't. So Rav said that they made a mistake because actually that was Revi'i Litum'ah and Revi'i Litum'ah is, uh, is Tamei uh, with, with Kodesh when, when, you're dealing with, uh, when you're dealing with things in the Beit HaMikdash. And Shmuel said no, they didn't make a mistake. So we're going to see why that is. So, uh, uh, so Ba'aminayu, they asked the question, oh wait, where am I? Uh, uh, Right? So the um, so Rav said they didn't they made a mistake because he was asking them right the the flesh the the tamei flesh that they had in their garment touched something else and it touched bread and the bread so that's a, that's already we shown the tumah the bread touched stew that cheni the tumah the stew touched wine that's the tumah the wine touched oil or whatever else that is. Uh, and that is a, uh, and that's what they were answering, and they said that uh, they said no, but that's wrong. It's the, the Israel the They were wrong. They didn't make a mistake. That no, it's uh, he was asking them about which doesn't exist. In other words, they were asking, they were being asked not about a case of where they would have been correct to say that. Uh, uh, that it was Tamei, and they said it was wrong. They said it was, they said Tahor, but really uh, they were being asked about Chamishi Letumah, and they said no, it's pure, and they were right about that because there is no Chamishi Letumah. Now, if you read the pasuk, you could actually see uh, where you would get the idea of five, because really it says that uh, whatever was in his, uh, whatever he had touched bread, stew, wine, oil, ve'el kol machal. It sounds like it's a fifth thing, right? But that's not actually how they uh, make the fifth thing. They make it a different way. They say that he interprets it differently, but they say that it doesn't mean that he... Uh, uh, the question is whether, the, whether the, uh, the first item on the list touched directly the sherets directly or it touched his shirt that it touched the sherets. But, you know, you could have also seen it the other way. You could have just seen that there are five things on the list and, and, and maybe it's, uh, you know, it should be chamishil uh, But anyway, and they were right according to Shmuel. So bishlam so according to Rav, it makes sense because there are four items, bread, stew, wine, and oil. Of course, that's debatable because you could say kol machal, but leave that to be. For now, where does Shmuel get the fifth? And I guess they didn't like my answer that because it says kol machal, so it doesn't say knafo that the, that the, and the way Rashi is interpreting it is it doesn't say that it touched the thing that was in 
his shirt, which is the sheretz, that it, it touched the it touched the uh, the kanaf itself, meaning the kanaf, the garment touched the uh, sheretz, and the uh, the first food on the list touched the garment, so it was already a sheni letumah, and that, therefore the last thing on the list would have been a chamishi letumah, and that's why uh, that's why they were correct in saying that there wouldn't be tumah there. That is the um, that's the way that uh, that Shmuel reads the pasuk. Tashma, come and listen. Vayomer Chagai. Uh, so Chagai then said to the, you know, asked him another question. What if the thing that started this whole chain of Tum'ah was Tamei Nefesh? Somebody who had become, de- become Tamei as a result of a dead body. Would that change the picture? And in that case, what did they say? And in that case, they said it would be Tamei. Okay, so now... Bishlama le Shmuel. So according to Shmuel, so actually that's correct, right? In other words, it, it, even according to Rav, that's going to be a, the, the correct answer because if the first thing in the chain is a um, is a, a dead body, right? Or as a person who became a tame, uh, from a dead body, then the, then of course the uh, the uh, the first item that they touch, let's say the bread. Is going to be an ava. Is going to actually be a uh, rishon the tumah, right? Because they uh, because they're going to be an ava tumah because they uh, they touch the dead body, right? And then going all the way down the line. So for sure, uh, in that case, saying yitma is correct, right? So in other words, he, so so the, of course the question is going to be why would they write about one thing and wrong about the other? The gemara is going to ask that. But for Shmuel, fine, they didn't make a mistake because it's true. The the, the tumah in that case, according to Shmuel, in the first example, the reason why they didn't make a mistake is because that was a fifth stage of tumah because it was the shirt that touched the sheretz that was the rishon the tumah the bread was the sheni the tumah right the 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 stew was a, a third and the wine was fourth and the oil was fifth so they were right to say that was tahor but if it was a tmeimet if it was somebody who touched the dead body that started the chain so that would have meant that the bread was a rishon. And that would have meant that the that the stew was a sheni, and that would have meant that the wine was a shlishi, and that the oil was a revi'i, and that would be tamei in the Beit Hamikdash because it goes up to revi'i with anything related to kodashim. So then they would be right, right? But the question is, according to Rav, why did they have the wrong answer the first time that they said it was tahor, even though revi'i bakodesh is tamei? And in the second case, when it talked about a tumat met, they were right. So they were experts in tumat but not into Macheretz. In other words, they had a limited uh, knowledge in, they didn't have a, they had a patchy knowledge of the laws of Tum'ah. And Rashi says, They knew that in the case of Tum'at Met, it was more strict and it went all the way to the fourth level. They thought that when it came to Tum'at it didn't go that far. It didn't go all the way to the fourth stop like it does with Tumat Met. And maybe that because they're Kohanim and they have to be extra careful about coming into contact with the dead and things like that. So they were more knowledgeable about the impact that Tumat Met would have on things and therefore they were more, you know, they were more, they were, they gave the right answer but when it came to Sheretz, they were not. Okay. Well, well, did not have to be careful from Sheretz? Tumat what do you mean? They made a mistake, he's saying. The question is, why did they make a mistake? The answer is because they were more knowledgeable about Tumat Met. The, uh, the truth is that in both cases it's Tameh. Right, but but they why did they only know about tumat met? Oh, because they were more knowledgeable about that. Maybe they read a book on tumat met because they uh, were kohanim. I don't know, you know. But they were more they were more aware of it, right? Now, 
Ravina says, no, the reason why they didn't make a mistake wasn't because they knew the idea of Riviba Kodesh with it to Matmet and they didn't know the idea of Riviba Kodesh in Tumacheret. That's not the reason. They didn't know that idea at all. In other words, according to the first answer, Rav Nachman was saying that, uh, that, the, that they knew Riviba Kodesh was Tamei when it came to Tumatmet, but they didn't know that that applied to Tumacheret. In other words, they had different levels. They thought there were different tiers of, of Tumar or something like that. He's saying, no, they didn't think that. They didn't know Revi'iba Kodesh was a problem. But in the case of Tumatmed, it's not a Revi'iba Kodesh. It was actually Shlishi. Why was it Shlishi? Because, according, because Ravina is saying that the Tumay Nefesh isn't talking about the t- person who's Tumay from Tumatmed. It's talking about the body itself. So since the body itself is Avi Avota Tum'ah, that touched the bread. Right? So now it becomes Avatumah. That bread then touched the stew. It becomes Rishon Latumah. That stew touched the wine. That becomes Sheni Latumah. That wine touched the oil. It becomes Shlishi Latumah. So it was only Shlishi. That's why they had the right answer. So in other words, it's like if you, sometimes you can accidentally get the right answer because they, they I mean, they didn't know Ravi Bakodesh. They just thought that was a case of Shlishi Bakodesh. So they said, yeah, it's Tamei. In any case, then Chagai answered when he heard this answer. He said, that's the way that this nation is. And the, the conclusion of the Pasuk is that He said that everything they bring is Tamei. Right? Just like the second answer that they gave is Tamei. He said, that's the way they are. They're Tamei. There's a whole context to this uh, to this exchange in, in, in Sefer Chagai that he, there's a critique there of the uh, of the behavior of the Jewish people. But we understand Rav Now we understand according to Rav why he would critique the Kohanim because they said the wrong thing. So he's saying it's because they don't know the laws of uh, of Tumah, they're, they're going to bring, bring things that are Tamei. But according to Shmuel, that they said the right thing. So what's the critique? Here? But according to Shmuel, why is he declaring them Tamei? Apparently they are following the rules. They know the rules according to Shemuel. So what's the problem? So he says, no, it was a rhetorical question or a question that was meant not as, uh, oh, these people are Tamei, but are these people, uh, are these people Tamei? Look, they know their stuff. Why, why should these people be considered Tamei? Right? In other words, it was a question according to, the, uh, according to that. But it doesn't sound like a question because Chagai says, all of their actions are Tamei. So what's the answer? Because they said they kill kilu at Masayim because they were bad in other ways. In other words, the exchange that he had with them to make them say the words Tamei really was just symbolic because he's trying to say really that's what you are. You are Tamei. In other words, you are, you are people that, even though you might be following the rules, the point is, even though you might be following the laws of Tumah because you're not following the ethical, the moral rules of the Torah, you're not keeping up to the standard of the Torah. In other ways, therefore it's as if everything that you bring is Tameh. That's what it was, it was symbolic, actually, in the, uh, in the uh, case of, um, uh, you know, the fact that he asked them a question and they ended with the word Tameh. Not because he wasn't critiquing their knowledge of the Halachot, he was saying that that's not enough. Now, so Rav said that the liquids um, of the Bet Mat which is just really water and blood, the blood in the slaughterhouse of the Bet Mikdash, the slaughtering of Bet Mikdash, and the water that they used to clean out the innards when they would uh, when they would butcher the animal. This was these things were tahor. They did not become tameh. According to Levi, it was all of the liquids that are offered on the Mizbech. So that would include oil and wine 
as well as the blood and the water, because any liquids are not subject to Tumah according to Levi. We saw this earlier, but the relevance of this we're going to see, because Yossi ben Yoezer Ishtzreda testified that the liquids, meaning the, the, the liquids of the Beit HaMikdash, were not subject to Tumah. So there were two issues there. What did he mean by they're not subject to Tumah? Not subject to Tumah at all, or just that they don't transfer Tumah? The other question was, what liquids was he talking about? Only blood and water, or he was talking about all the liquids, including the oil and the wine? So these were two issues that we saw discussed before. Rav had said that what he meant was there's no Tumah at all. But he's only talking about water and blood, right? And, and Shmuel said, no, what he meant was that it doesn't transfer Tumah in the Beit HaMikdash. But he was talking about possibly all of the, all of the liquids. But he, he meant it doesn't transfer Tumah. Shmuel doesn't talk about there whether he thinks it applies to all the liquids or not. But Rav says it only applies to blood and water because definitely oil and wine can become Tameh. That's not a question. The question is just... Uh, uh, you know, um, whether they can transfer the Tumah. We're going to see. Now, according to Levi, like this. Le Levi, so according to Levi, If Levi holds like Shmuel, now Shmuel's position was that when Yossi ben Yoezer said that liquids in the Beit HaMikdash are, are pure, he meant they don't make other things to me. So then fine, about Tumat Atzman Yeshlein, Mashkachat Ladenag Ekulo Barishon. So then, According to Levi, it's no problem to be able to explain uh, the case um, uh, under discussion in, in Haggai. Because we can say that everything touched a Rishon Letum'ah. In other words, if everything touched a Rishon Letum'ah, since everything can receive Tum'ah, they just can't transmit Tum'ah, so you could potentially have liquids that are Tameh. Right? You can have liquids that are Tameh. Right, because because you because there's a possibility of the liquid of the Beit Hamikdash becoming tameh, just not transmitting tumah. But if Levi holds like Rav that what Tahor meant was completely Tahor, and according to Levi, that statement of Yosef ben Yoezer means. It applies to all the liquids of the Beit HaMikdash. So then there could never be a case. In other words, if you combine what Rav says, which is that Yossi ben Yoezer meant that the liquids of the Beit HaMikdash are not subject to Tumah at all, and you combine that with the view of Levi, that that means all liquids, oil, wine, blood, and water, not just blood and water. So then it's going to come out that oil and water, uh, that oil and, uh, the, and uh, wine can never become Tameh in the Beit HaMikdash. Because you're saying that not Tameh means can't become Tameh at all, and you're saying it applies to all the liquids. Rav had an out, because he said, I'm saying it can't become Tameh at all, but I'm only applying that to water and blood. I'm not, I'm not talking about oil and wine. Right? But Levi, who said it's talking about all the liquids of the Beit HaMikdash, so then saying that they can't become Tameh means they can't become Tameh at all. So then what case could you ever have? What case could Chagai have been talking about where things would become Tameh? They would never have such a thing. Right? He must hold like Shmuel that we, the only issue is the transmission of Tum'ah, not the, um, not the uh, becoming Tameh, because becoming Tameh for sure they can. And according to Shmuel, it makes sense if Shmuel agrees with Rav. That the rule that there's no transmission of Tum'ah in the Beit HaMikdash only applies to the liquids, water, and blood. But other liquids can transmit Tum'ah, then that's fine. So then it would make sense because we could say that... Um, uh, then it would make sense because Revi'i cannot make a Chamishi. A Shlishi avid Revi'i. But a Shlishi can make a Revi'i. Ela Isavar Levi. 
But if you were hold like Levi, the Tanem Mashkebe Mad Bechaya, my Iriar Vid Lavid Hamishi, a filo Sheni Vishlishi Nami Loavde. Because if you're going to say that, uh, that all of the Mashkim of the Beta Mikdash are subject to the same rule, and they're all not able to transfer Tum'at to other things, all of the Mashkim, all of the liquids, so then why are we talking about a case where a, f- a fourth stage of Tum'at can't create a fifth stage, but implying that a third can create a fourth? According to this, even a third can't create a fourth. In other words, even the, uh, the wine would never be able to create, uh, make the oil uh, Tameh, because, because wine cannot transfer to oil anything, according to that. Rather, you must say, that in that respect, he agrees. So in that, he's going to have to agree with Rav. In other words, there are two different issues here. One issue is, which liquids does the leniency apply to? The other one is, what is the leniency that applies? Right? So if you're going to say that the leniency is that the items don't become Tameh at all, you can't apply that to all four of the liquids. Because for sure, there has to be a possibility of oil and uh, wine becoming Tameh in some circumstance. Because we see that from the Pasuk. So we, can't, we, have, we, we wouldn't be able to say that no liquids receive Tumah at all. If you're going to say that transfer of Tumah, right, that transfer of Tumah was the issue, Right? So not receiving of Tumah, but transfer of Tumah. So then you're going to have a problem also saying that it applies to all liquids. Because saying that it applies to all liquids, transfer of Tumah applies to all liquids. So then you're going to have a problem that how could, why is that, why are the Kohanim discussing an issue of wine transferring to oil? Really, wine can never transfer anything to oil according to, uh, according to that. If you're going to apply the rule that transfer of Tumah from liquid to liquid can't happen in the Beit HaMikdash at all, so then it can never happen. Happen, even from wine to oil, even when it's a Rishon to a Sheni, forget about a Rivi'it uh, to So therefore we have to kind of like uh, uh, limit the, amount, the extent of this leniency. Either we have to say that it's only applying to the, um, that it's only going to apply to the, uh, uh, to blood and water, which will make it a little bit simpler. Or we say, according to Shmuel, we're going to have to, and according to Shmuel, we're going to have to say that because he's talking about transfer from liquid to other liquids, and yet he was the one that said earlier that transfer from liquid to liquid was what Yosef ben Yoezer says doesn't happen in the Beit HaMikdash. So he must agree with Rav that that's only true about blood and water, not about oil and wine, because oil and wine, he clearly thinks, can transmit from one to the other under the right circumstances. If it's only a shlishi or above, then it could. Okay, so now the Gemara goes on and says, we have a brighter that supports Rav, and we have a brighter that supports Levi. Levi, If you have uh, any of these four liquids, blood, wine, oil, or water, that they are mashke bemad They are the liquids of the of the mizbeach because they are things that go on the altar at one time or another. So if they became Tamei inside the Beit HaMikdash and you took them outside, they will not make other things Tamei because they, when they became Tamei in the Beit HaMikdash, they didn't have the ability to transfer that Tum'ah to other things. And so we're not going to extend that to them when they leave the Beit HaMikdash. On the other hand, if they became Tamei inside, outside the Beit HaMikdash, then if you bring them in, they're going to retain the same Tum'ah that they had outside the Beit HaMikdash. They're not going to get that leniency. But you see from here that the four liquids are mentioned. Wine, water, oil, and blood, not only two, blood and water. So that's supporting Levi that it refers to all four of those liquids. So any is that true? Didn't Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi say that this whole idea, that these liquids are impervious to Tum'ah, are not subject to Tum'ah, is only in the Beit HaMikdash, right? So in, in their place. 
My lovely mawotain that move b'fnei b'otzem nechutz didn't he mean to say that even if they became to in the bet megdash, but then you bring them outside, all of a sudden they're going to get the same tumah as every other liquid. Isn't that what it means? We suspend the rules when they're in the bet megdash, but when they come out of the bet megdash, they're going to get the rules again. It says lo le mawotain that move b'chutzech nisan b'fnei. No, it's only the other way. If they became tamei and then you bring them into the bet megdash, we don't say that because they're brought into the bet megdash we suspend the rules now because since when they became tamei they were outside the bet megdash and all the full rules of receiving tuma and transmitting tuma fell on them, we carry that back in with them into the bet megdash. Vahabim kuman kamar, but didn't he say only in its place? was that the only time we suspend any of the rules of Tumah with respect to these liquids is when they became Tameh in their place, meaning in the Beit HaMikdash. But if they became Tameh outside and then you want to bring them in, we don't now say, oh, this water that became Tameh or this wine that became Tameh or whatever outside the Beit HaMikdash cannot transmit Tumah to things inside the Beit HaMikdash because, it, because it's in the Beit HaMikdash now. No, since it became Tameh outside the Beit HaMikdash, it has all the full rules of Tumah. Okay, we're not going to suspend it. Now, we also have a bright that supports Rav because it says, Hadam ve'amai. Only blood and water. Mashke be mat bechaya. Mat bechaya is the place where they would butcher the animals. So they used water and they used, it has nothing to do with the mizbech. It has to do with the slaughtering. Right? Mad bechaya means things that go on the altar. So that also includes blood because you put blood on there. It also includes water because on, on Sukkot you have Nisuch uh, Hamayim. also includes oil and also includes wine. Right? But, uh, but mat bechaya means the things that are in the preparation of the meat. So that means the blood that comes out from the slaughtering, not necessarily referring to the zrika and the mizbech, and also the water that's used to clean the innards. Okay? So those things, if they became tamay, whether in kelim, whether they were contained in vessels, or they were contained in the ground, they are tohrim. They are not impure. Rabban If they were contained in a, in a vessel, they will become tamay. But if they're in the ground, they'll be tahor. Now we're going to see exactly that he's actually only referring in that case to the water because water that's collected in the ground could hypothetically serve as a mikven, not as a, uh, and shouldn't be able to become tamay. And even a small amount of water, even if we eat of water, according to the Torah, could serve as a mikveh for tiny kelim. Even though we don't use that leniency, we, we require a full mikveh for, for kelim. But hypothetically, could be, so therefore it's not going to become Tamei. Now the point is that uh, the, Gemara sa- the Rashi says that Rabbi Shimon holds that Tumat Mashkin, the Tumat of liquids is Deoraita and therefore even in the Beit HaMikdash it's going to apply at least to some, you know, to some extent. Even though he's going to, he, uh, he agrees that if it's in the ground it will be... Um, it will be uh, it will be impervious to the tumah, but otherwise it's going to be subject to tumah because he holds that it's deoraita. Okay, so now uh, he says, you know, this whole the issue here that these liquids in the Beit Hamikdash are not subject to tumah has nothing to do with whether you think that liquids in general are subject to tumah. This is like a radical position because up till now we've been saying that if you hold that liquids in general are subject to tumah, then you must hold that that also applies in the Beit Hamikdash. You can only say that the rabbi is exempted from Tum'ah that was rabbinic. But if liquids can receive Tum'ah min torah then that has to apply to the Beit HaMikdash too. And if liquids can transmit Tum'ah min torah that also has to apply to the Beit HaMikdash. The only thing that they can waive is rabbinic rules. But Rav, Rav, Rav Papa is coming along with a chidushi, saying no. Even according to the one who says that mashkin can become Tamei, there is a special halacha Moshe misinai hilcheta gemirila. That means it's halacha Moshe misinai law coming down from Moses from Mount Sinai, that there is 
no tum'ah on these liquids. So the Gemara asks, What about Rabbi Elazar said before? Because Rabbi Elazar had quoted on the previous daf that there's no tumah for liquids altogether. Tedan, you should know. Now, because what did we learn? Before we learned that there was a testimony from Yosef ben Yoezer that the liquids in the Bet HaMikdash are pure. And we said, and what did Rabbi Elazar said? You see from this that there's no biblical Tuman liquids because how else could we say that the liquids of the Bet HaMikdash are, ta- are, are Tahor? Unless we said that the whole concept of liquids becoming Tamei is rabbinic. That was, what he, that was the whole point. And if it's an exception to the rule handed down from Mount Sinai, we wouldn't derive anything from it. In other words, if you're just saying it's an exception to the rule, it's just an arbitrary, it's a chok. There's no tumah in the Beit HaMikdash on liquids. So then why would Rabbi Elazar introduce the halakha by saying, you can see from this that there's no biblical tumah on liquids. Because Yosef ben Yoezer said that in the Beit HaMikdash there's no tumah on liquids, so that must mean it's rabbinic. Right, but you're saying that no, it has nothing to do with whether it's rabbinic or not. Even if it's biblical, we could say there's a random exception, a, a chok exception to the rule. But that, but you see from here that that's clearly not true, right? So it says Amali Ravina Ravashi, but Ravina said to Ravashi, wait a second. But didn't Rabbi Shimon say that tumat mashkit that the liquids receiving tumah is deoraita? Detani we learned Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Shimon amrim lakelim torim laochelit tamein. That Rabbi Shimon said that it's true that liquids cannot make vessels tamei, but they can definitely make other foods tamei. Right? Vahachak amar Rabbi Shimon bechelim tamein bekalkatorin. And whereas here Rabbi Shimon is saying that if the water or the blood, we're assuming, is in a kli, is in a vessel, it could be tamay in the Beit HaMikdash, right? And and in the ground it will be tahor. It's a very good question. In other words, uh, if you're telling me that the whole concept here is that there's an exception to the rule, and even a person who is able to, uh, who, who, who holds that, liquids have Tum'ah and even can transmit Tum'ah from the Torah will still say that there's an exception in the Beit HaMikdash. Well, we have Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon clearly holds that liquids can transmit Tum'ah from the Torah because he's saying that liquids can transmit Tum'ah to foods. And yet he says that if it's collected in a vessel, right, so then it's going to be Tamei. If it's in the ground, it's going to be Tahor. So why, if, it, if, there's a, if there's a halakha, blanket halakha, that in the Beit HaMikdash there's no Tum'an liquids, so why doesn't Rabbi Shimon say that? Why doesn't Rabbi Shimon say it doesn't matter whether it's in a vessel or it's in the ground? It's a special zone free of Tum'ah for liquids in the Beit HaMikdash. He doesn't say that. He's still applying the rules. He's saying, well, when it's in the ground and really technically the water could be like a mikveh there, so therefore we have a reason to say it's not really liquid separate from the ground. But, but he's still working within the rules. He's not saying it's an exception to the rule. He's saying it's an application of the normal rules. It's not like we bend the rules. So the Gemara answers kashya, and interesting, which means it's difficult. But Rashi here takes this kashya much further than normal. Because normally kashya means it's a difficulty and we don't know the answer. Right? Meaning it's a difficulty. Rav Papa was making a claim that even according to the one who says that liquids can be subject to Tumam Min HaTorah, in the Beit HaMikdash, there's a special um, blanket exemption that comes uh, that we don't apply it but uh, and they said well how do you but you see Rabbi Shimon who's the one who says that uh, Mashkin have, have Tum'ah from the Torah and yet he doesn't say that uh, there's a blanket exemption it says you're right that's a good question or you see that Rabbi Elazar also asked the question uh, it says oh we can derive from the fact that there's no Tum'ah in the Beit HaMikdash that it's not Deoraita 
But the, the, the Tumat Mashkin is not the right. So you see that the people who are holding it, it's only rabbinic, are the ones who are waving the rules. And the people who are holding it, it's biblical, are the ones who are insisting on the rules, even in the Beit HaMikdash. So your, your concept doesn't work. So, so it then says, Kashia, difficulty. But what does Rashi say? He says something interesting. He says, Kashia, Gersina, Hadu, Rafaba, Lav, Miltahi, Rashi says. What, what Rafaba says is wrong. He wasn't with his ma- right mind when he said it. Not literally, but meaning like, he didn't have, it wasn't a good idea. He forgot all these Mishnayot. Meaning he, Rashi is saying it was a mistake of Rav Papa to say that. But the interesting thing is that the Rambam codifies this. He says that Mashkim can have Tumam in a Torah. And he also says that there's none in the Beit HaMikdash. So somehow he didn't, maybe had a different uh, manuscript of the Gemara with that. I don't know. But uh, it could be. Um, anyway, when Rabbi Shimon said that uh, whatever's in the ground will be Tahor, that's only water, because it makes no difference with blood. Rabbi Shimon is applying the same rules to the Mashkim uh, in the Beit HaMikdash as he applies everywhere else. And therefore, if there's water in the ground, since Minatorah, see, for a human to, 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 to immerse, you need 40 sa'ah. You need a larger uh, mikveh. For a kelim, really, you could use the small, uh, a revi'it, there's enough water you could dip in there. And, uh, and, and if you have machatim, you have uh, small needles, small hooks, whatever you need. Dip in it. It's halakha la Moshe minimum revi'it. I don't know. But, the, the, but that's, the point is, if it's a revi'it of water in the ground, they'll say that, that stays tahor because that's like a mikveh according to the Torah. Even though we today hold that you have to use a mikveh that is, you know, 40 sa'ah even for kelim, but, the, you know, but mina Torah, you could technically use a small uh, puddle in the ground. So the, so therefore he says that's not going to be tameh because according to the Torah it wouldn't be tameh. But if it, but th- that's the only reason why Rabbi Shimon, because that's the only reason why Rabbi Shimon is being lenient over there. Now, but now with blood or anything else. Amar, Amar, Mor, Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, we saw, we saw before in the Brayta that, that Rabbi Yehuda said that, that liquids are tamay for everything. And the implication was that even to create tuman kelim, that liquids are super tamay, right? That we had three opinions. We had an opinion that said they have no tuman, an opinion that said they had super tuman, an opinion that said that only foods but not kelim. Rabbi Yehuda said even kelim. Amamor Rabbi Yehuda Omer, lechol tamay. Are you telling me that really that Rabbi Yehuda holds that there's a tum'an liquid that can even make vessels to make min Torah? Is that possible? We learned in the Mishnah anything that has an inside and an outside. In other words, reversible kelim that you can use them when they're one way or the other way. Kegon, hakuim vaksatot vasakin vamartupin. These are different uh, uh, items made of. Um, like pillows and, and, and cushions, I guess that they could revert, they could open them up and, uh, and use the other side, take out the filling and, and do it the other way. Or the, the, uh, the, the Maltavin, it says, is a, uh, made of, uh, leather. The sakin is usually made of some kind of a sackcloth, whatever. Right? If, if the, you, if Tum'ah enters inside it, the outside will be Tame. But Nitma'gabolo, But if you, if the outside becomes Tame, the inside won't become Tame. In other words, you see that there's a, it, it only goes in one direction. And that's a sign always that it's a rabbinic tumah. Because in the Torah, if something becomes tameh, the item is tameh. There's no the outside is tameh, the inside is not tameh. There's, there's no concept like that in the Torah. So it's obviously showing you that this kind of tumah is only rabbinic. Where the li- and what did Rabbi Yehuda say? Rabbi Yehuda, if there's a sheretz that touches one of these items, of course the whole thing becomes tameh. But if liquids touch, since liquids are only a rabbinic tumah, their ability to make kelim tameh is rabbinic, so therefore it will only affect half the kli sometimes. 
Okay, so the thing is, now if Rabbi Yehuda really holds that liquids can convey tumat to vessels from the Torah, that's a biblical concept. So then, why is he making a distinction between the tumah from anything else and the tumah from liquids? He's clearly making a distinction here. Why? So because Rabbi Yehuda retracted from that. Okay, in other words, originally that's what originally he was of the opinion that liquids uh, could make kelim to me'im, and then later he he retracted it, or so it would seem. Is that what the, is that what he retracted? Is that what it says? Mehayidel or no, or from this? Right. Oh, Right. So he's he's retracted. He retracted that the kelim could become to me from the from the uh, liquids. Okay. So now. If that's true, that's true. Oh, I skipped, right? No, no, no. Don't, don't attribute retracting to Rabbi He didn't retract. Because there's a difference between liquids. A liquid can be tamay because somebody who didn't do Natilat Yadayim touched a liquid. That, that's only Mechamat Yadayim. In other words, it's a lesser Tum'ah. It's a, it's a rabbinic Tum'ah. So liquids that are rabbinically tamay are different than liquids that touch the Sheret. It's a dead Sheret and it's biblically tamay. So, and therefore he was talking only about rabbinically tamay Mashkim. So if that's true though, in other words, according to this, Rabbi Yehuda's distinction is not the right distinction to make. Because why is Rabbi Yehuda coming in and saying, oh, when, does, when is it possible for only half of the, uh, only half of the kli to be tamay? That's when it's mashkim. That's when it's from a liquid. But that's not true. That's only when it's from a liquid that is tamay midra banan. So he should have said, when is this true? When a liquid comes into contact with the thing that is a rabbinically tamay liquid. But if it were a biblically tamay liquid, then the whole thing would be tamay. He doesn't say that. He says, he distinguishes between liquids and sherets. So then why are you distinguishing between liquids and sherets? Within liquids, you should make a distinction and say, when is it true? When it's a rabbinically tamay liquid. But when it's a biblically tamay liquid, then it's going to make tumah for the whole kli. So you see from this that what? He doesn't hold. Bottom line, we're, we have to conclude then that Rabbi Yehuda retracted his opinion. And he doesn't say that liquids can make kelim tamay. And that's why he said that when mashkim are involved, when liquids are involved, they have a different impact. And we only have half the kli become tamay. And the reason why they did that was to show they wanted to make clear when a tum'ah was biblical and when a tum'ah was rabbinic. And the reason is because if something becomes tamay, only midirabanan. Let's say, for example, tum'ah uh, becomes tamay midirabanan or kodashim becomes tamay midirabanan. They have to treat it differently. They're not allowed to burn it, let's say, um, uh, uh, based on that. They have to wait until it becomes spoiled before they're allowed to burn it because they can't go get up and burn something based on a rabbinic rule that minha Torah is considered a pre- uh, acceptable. So they, uh, that kind of ties into uh, the discussion we had before about chametz and the Yisro of chametz. But, but in terms of, uh, in, in general, we always say, that they didn't want them to uh, burn things that they weren't supposed to burn. So they always made like, Little loopholes in the rabbinic tumah, so people would be aware that it was only rabbinic in nature. In the end, then he he retracted his position that liquids were a super contaminant, and that they you know that they make even uh, kelim tamei. And he agrees with the general opinion of most that ke- that liquids are uh, only can be mitamei uh, other foods, but not uh, not kelim. And generally, we only say, we say that only an avatum really can make kelim. 
Tmeim, people and Kelim can only become Tamei from the source of Tumah directly, from Ava Tumah. In general, that's the case. And in any case where you see that Kelim or people are becoming Tamei from a derivative Tumah, it's only, be, it's only rabbinic. Because there's no way that a person can ever become Tamei from, let's say, a food, make a person Tamei, or that a, uh, or that a, uh, a, a, a vessel can make a person Tamei. It's only that a, um, only the source of Tumah can make a person Tamei. Dead body? No, no, it would be a sheretz yeah, also. Dead body, dead animal, uh, dead animal that was nevela that was you know wasn't slaughtered properly. A person who has, a person who has one of the conditions zav mitzorad nida, they can make another person because they're the source of the tumah.